Welcome to C3 Church Tabla. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Father in heaven, I thank you. By faith, we can inherit your promises. And with patience, we can inherit your promises. Some of us have sown diligently, magnificently, and served the house and given. And even housewives have sown into their own children, sown into their own husbands, meals, and serving, cleaning, serving. And it seems like for nothing sometimes. But you know what? God sees that heart. God sees that mother heart. God sees you. And he blesses you, you precious woman of God. He blesses you and all that you have done to raise families and are raising families. We bless the mothers in the church. All the good work, all those duties that you do seemingly expected of you. But we bless you right now. Uh, Husbands, put the hand on the shoulder of your wife and say, bless you, bless you, precious mother, precious wife. Bless you in the name of the Lord. Bless you. Now put your hand on on your husband's uh, shoulder and bless you for the work, going to work, getting up early and being stressed out about getting to work and earning finances, providing for your family. We bless the men of the house. We bless the men of the house. We bless them not to be stressed out, not to be anxious for anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, offer their prayers unto the Lord and the Lord will break through on your situation. Amen. So, Lord, we pray that we would just pray like never before. Bless the single mothers, Lord. Bless the single mothers. Bless them in all their, in what their their responsibilities and their duties and their their heartache and their, and, 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 God, right now, bless the single mothers, right now. Bless them with awesome partners. There's partners in the future. There's partners out there. There's partners out there. God's got them ready and he's getting them ready. God's getting those partners ready for you. Just be patient and you will inherit the promises of God. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He's carrying it on. He's carrying the good work on. Supernaturally, the Lord is working miracles, tiny, you can't see them, but tiny miracles are being worked out in your life for good. He's turning all things around for good. He's turning all things around for good, for the single mothers, for the husbands, for the wives. He's turning all things around. Be patient. Be patient. He will carry it on to completion until the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. Lord, the senior people in the house, we bless them with their best days yet. May they feel the presence of God. They've lived great lives, awesome lives. They've sown their lives into whole families, communities. They've sown their lives into the church. They've sown their lives into all these great things. And Lord, bless the people in their days of glory. The best days are yet of feeling God's presence, of feeling the smile of heaven upon your life. Bless every soul in the house that they would feel the presence of God and the love of God. Right now, break through upon marriages. We're praying for marriages. Lord, you put them together. Let no man pull asunder what God has put together. You've made your vows. 
You're in covenant with God. You're in covenant with each other. And right now, now hold the hand of your partner right there, right now. Hold that hand of your partner. That arguing. We just say, God, temperate in the love of God. Temperate in the power of God. Every argument that arises, that comes against the knowledge of God, that comes against the knowledge of God, of why He put you together. We break its hold. We break its diabolical hold. We loose it from your life in Jesus' name. Every disposition that is antagonizing your partner, we bind that. Every antagonizing disposition in your life of the flesh, that flesh that is speaking and emoting and giving expression and causing your marriage to be strung out in bad times, we come against that in Jesus' name. There's peace in your marriage. Your marriage is flourishing. I see romance in your marriage. And besides which, sowing and reaping. Men, you got to sow before you reap. Don't try and reap before you sow romance. Sow the love of God. Sow the kindness and the nurture of God the Father. Sow and then try and reap. Women, sowing and reaping applies to you. Sow. Build your man up. Build him up. Speak well of him. Build him up. He's fragile. He looks tough. He's muscle bound. But he needs your nurture. He needs the mother heart of God to speak to your man. Oh! Children, I see them turning to the Lord. I see our children. See, for many days, I was living on the wrong side of the tracks. The 70s came along to my tender life at the age of 16. And I got caught in the spirit of the age and I went. I went south with the crowd. I crossed the line from my beautiful childhood upbringing. My parents were great. They didn't go to church, but they never swore at home. They loved me. They nurtured me. My mum fed me so well. I still love her for that. That was a prime objective, that I eat well. And, and I remember her last hug. I'm just so glad she gave me that hug. It was something out of the blue. She grabbed me from behind and just hugged me. It was like a bear hug. Said, Man, what was that? We'd gone to visit her. Our little kids were down here. We weren't seeing much of each other, but it was about a year later she died just like that at 66 years of age. And I didn't know much about my mum's background or my father's background, but they were Welsh. They grew up. My mum was country. She grew up country bunkin, living in uh, around Kalian, which is a very country town, Romans sort of inhabited that place years ago. And uh, But what had happened in the early 19th, in the 19th uh, century, the 20th century, in, I think it was 1904, full-blown revival uh, blew out in, in Wales. Full-blown revival and, and the, the simple, simple Welsh folk were going to church and the presence of God was so thick. It, it, there was an awakening and, and God became so real. God became so real and, and they were having protracted worship services and they were known for their singing. Of course, Welsh people are known for their singing and they were singing for hours and hours and they were praying and there was a young man called Evan Roberts. He'd been to Bible college, but something came upon him in, 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 in that season and, he, and, and the senior pastor, this staid, godly man said, well, give it a shot, son. You're not quite ready. I see you're a little bit frail, a little bit uh, immature, but look, just, just give it your best shot. He got up and the glory just fell, amen? And he was no more. He was about early 20s. And the glory just fell. 
And from that, that event, the glory broke out through Wales. So many men got saved that they couldn't, um, they couldn't take command. You can take a seat, God bless you. They couldn't take command of the, uh, the mules, couldn't take command in the mines. Wales is full of coal mines. And they couldn't um, take commands anymore from the men because the men stopped cussing. The men stopped cussing, so, you know, to the mules. They stopped cussing. And so the men, the, 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 the mules wouldn't obey the, the, their instruction. The jails emptied, you know, this Bible college students. I hope they're teaching you about the worship revival. I'll be down there to set them, set them straight. It's one of the most magnificent displays of God's glory. And literally, they reckon a lot of Wales was saved in that amazing move of God. Now, I didn't know any of this. I didn't know. I knew of the Welsh revival years ago, but I spoke to my, my auntie, I guess, Auntie Edna. She's 92. And I rang her. I, was, I didn't have any relatives growing up. If you had a relative growing up, you're blessed. I didn't have any relatives. No aunties, uncles. I didn't know what they were. Didn't know what they were. Didn't know what an auntie or uncle was. I came from Wales when I was three months old in 1958 on a boat. On a boat. They said they walked into my cabin once and my cot was going side to side. Bang, bang, bang. They just stepped out for a moment. But mum had come back and the little brake had loose on the cot and my, my, my cot was going bang, bang on the boat. This big Italian liner. <laughs> 20 pound quid uh, uh, yeah you, you had one of, you've got Pat you've got one of those on your wall I noticed yeah the actual 20 quid basically all I want to say is that I was going to talk about inheritance your physical inheritance but your spiritual inheritance is before us especially if you're saved but I just wanted to tidy that little story off my inheritance actually went back to the Welsh Revival where I spoke to Edna three weeks ago and she actually told me that she was, um, she had some, I don't know what happened, but she was taken off her family and was given to her auntie. And her auntie used to go in 1910, used to go to these Welsh meetings where they were banging tambourines, singing protracted prayer meetings. And she said, I still believe God till this day because of that. She's, again, she's, I'm not sure if she's a church goer. But um, I said, you know what, Jules? That's my heritage. I'm a revivalist. Man, I can't help myself. I want to see people revive. I just don't want to see them living nice Christianity, just going to church. And I want to see them on fire for God. And I want to see them possess their inheritance. You have an inheritance in Christ. All that He's paid for, that healing. Meg, you have an inheritance through the cross of Calvary. He is your healer. He's your deliverer. He's your provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. He is your, through the cross of Calvary, you can take, you can make a claim on that, on that healing. On, that's your inheritance. You need to make a withdrawal. You need to make a withdrawal. There's healing. There's joy. There's righteousness. There's peace. That's ours. Prosperity is yours. You shouldn't be living in lack. But you've got to sow faith to believe in this stuff. You've got to put your heart on the line with Christ and say, God, this is tough. I've been taught from a young age to depend on material things. But I'm telling you, if you trust God and depend upon Him. The Bible says in the Old Testament, not to forget all His benefits. Not to forget all His benefits. What benefits? That He's healed you. 
that He's blessed you, that He's pulled you out of the pit. He pulled me out of the 70s. 82, met God in a bedroom, was living with the boys. Somehow I met Christ and He come rushing towards me in a great light. I went rushing out of that bedroom into my other mate's room and I said, Jesus is real. This is my good surfy mate. Love this guy, he was just my great mate. Very philosophical guy, very intelligent, very creative. And I just thought he would get it just like that, that Jesus is Lord. And he looked at me, he says, come on, get out of here. I'm reading. And I said, trust me, I just, you know, but it was so real to me. I got saved in about 82, never the same again. I had an inheritance and I knew it. One thing that was starting to happen for me after I got saved, I believed that, that I deserved better. I was living a great life. Lots of great stuff I was doing. But you know what? I knew I was falling way short of the life that God had for me. And I prayed in a bus on the way down from Early Beach, I think. And uh, for the first time, I prayed like a child. You know when a child prays for a red bike or prays for something simple? Oh, God. You know, and it, and it happens, isn't it great? And um, I prayed, God, if there's a, a woman out there, if there's a girl out there for me. I was about 24 at the time. And I, and I, and I just had enough of living in that zone. And I said to God, you know, Lord, if there's someone out there for me, well, yeah, I'm open. I'm sort of open. Yeah, I'm open. And I even said, I'm open to be married. Whoa, that was a major statement. That was a miracle to even concede that. These were major concessions I was making. To be married, did you say? And it was literally a week later, I fell, I, I landed back at my hometown. And, uh, and lo and behold, Julie, Pastor Julie, who I knew of in the 70s in terms of, we went to the same school in high school, and she was uptown girl, and I was basically a hippie bum. And never the twain shall meet. She knew of me. She go, oh, forget him. Look, long hair, mo. He's never even shaved yet. This kid, barefooted, and uh, thongs, surfs all the time. Ah, yeah. But she'd come to the end of herself through show business through the mid '70s to about '84, and lo and behold, she ended up back at her hometown, and I ended up back in my hometown, and we met each other, and uh, it didn't happen straight away, but her mum did help with. Bit, bit of social engineering from mum. And if you know Jill, you know that, that that's not surprising. And uh, she said something to Julie, have you looked into his eyes? Have you looked into his eyes? And uh, Julie said something, yeah, yeah, I actually have. But the common denominator between us both was the search of God, the seeking of God. And that's all we talked about was God. So what do you reckon about God? Man, I had this experience. Man, down at Illawong, George's River, Warrenora River, you know, in a little little cabin down there on the water, and rushing light, and man, I've, I've changed. I know I am. I know I'm so. What happened to you? I was in Singapore in a hotel, and God visibly came, a, a, an apparition of, of Jesus. I've never. Lady, she was performing in a five-star hotel. I shouldn't say say this because it's part of a testimony, but she performed, singing and dancing, extraordinaris. And uh, a lady came up, a Catholic Christian, came up to her. 
and said, can I see that woman that was up on stage? And someone said, yeah, okay, well, what for? Oh, look, I just got a word for her, okay. She met her and the lady said, there's something on your life, blah, 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 we won't get into that. And, uh, and that was it. God had found her. God had found her. And she got saved in her hotel room in Singapore in 82, around about the same time, about the same time. God's working. Let's be patient, guys. God's working, you single people. God's working. God's working. Here's me building weirs and dams, uh, North Queensland, and uh, I'm coming back, and uh, she's coming back, and, and, and we meet each other. Faith and patience. We meet each other, but the common denominator between the both of us is the seeking after God, the seeking after God. We would stay up all night questioning all these things about God. What do you think? What do I think? What, what, do, what do we think? And it was magnificent. We knew we had something. God had unearthed something in our souls. We became soulmates overnight. We decided to marry very quickly and bang. The doctor said to Julie, previous, because she had um, severe, cesarean, no, help me, cervix, I'll get it. I know these feminine terms, trust me. Uh, cervix cancer, cervical cancer. And she got healed of that. She became a vegetarian. That was one part of the healing, but she believed God and that was the other part. And the doctor said, you'll never have kids again. Don't expect kids. So I married her with the belief that she'll never have kids. But we had an inheritance and God can move through the natural barriers. We had an inheritance to have children. Hence, my beautiful daughter, Jilly, she was there till she got raptured. She was right there. I was looking at her. <laughs> Sorry, guys, you missed it. <laughs> she was there. That's her beautiful grand, uh, a beautiful child, my grandchild. Charlie's here somewhere. That's my beautiful little granddaughter, Paris. If you would have saw that photo on Facebook. There she is. She's back. Yes. So um, just Jilly came along, and the doctor said, wow, we don't know how that happened, but it's happened. And, but God was slowly giving us our inheritance our physical inheritance and our spiritual inheritance. It didn't come easy. We had to fight to go to church. It was our inheritance to go to church, but we had to fight, we had to persevere, especially me. I will take the blame. Julie started to go straight away. It took me three months. I was doing afternoon shift. And for some reason, every Sunday morning, I was just so wiped out. I said, I just can't do it, I really wanna. But the more I kept on going to church, the more filled I kept getting filled it was like, and all the other stuff was popping out like a glass God was God was every time I went to church he was filling me and all this other stuff had come out until I was filled and I went oh my god I am a Christian I can I can walk this out I can live this this is amazing it became so real to us living for Jesus but there was more we lived just like this perfect family from 85 attending church in Liverpool, uh, Inspire Church, which is now the third, fourth biggest church. It was 120 people when we used to go there in 85. 85 was a shop front in Liverpool. We used to attend there. And uh, now it's got six, 7,000 people. It's huge. They had to be, I know the pastor of that church, they had to be faithful and patient to receive their inheritance great story. They had a slice of land attached to their Hoxton Park property. T Telstra wanted it. 
they rang up and said, we want that bit of land. We'll give you 200,000. And the pastor wanted to shout for joy. It was about five acres of land. And he literally at his desk wanted to shout for joy about 200,000. They needed it for their building fund, like we need money. And, and he was just about to say, and God said, shut up. And then, he, and then he said, well, I'll think about it. What, you'll think about it? 200, that's pretty good money, sir. You know. He said, no, I'll think about it. He rang them back. He had a figure and the amount was, have a guess. How much? One million. He said, I'm going for one million. Eventually they paid it, paid for five meters off the front of their property for the road to go through. One million dollars and they paid off a big hefty lump sum out of their loan. Isn't that awesome? Faith and patience. Faith and patience. But Julie and Phil were just living a very nice life, nice, and doing great stuff. You know, Julie was reaching out through a dance school, and um, but there was more. In 93, in 93, we met God severely, and we were challenged with faith, challenged with vision, to believe for God to do all that He said He can do. We, our spiritual boat was turned over. We were, we were in the water now, displaced out of our comfortable life. And it was tough, man, to, re, to own up to that, to acknowledge that. We were actually, after the first meeting where we encountered God like that, because the Holy Spirit moved, it was like the Welsh revival, it was magnificent. And we thought, my God, let's get out of here. This is wild, this is un- unbelievable. God, you know, help us. We're about to leave that meeting thinking that this is just radical, too radical. So if you're in this meeting this morning, you think this is radical, wait till God really turns up, amen? But you know what? We went back and I went back to the little cabin. We're at Valor Beach, Coffs Harbor. And I went back to, we invited these Baptist couple, a Baptist little family, beautiful little family. They live in Terrigal, nice, sensible, well-to-do family. And we'd invited that family to this event this youth event, three-day youth event. It was called the Mack Truck Encounter. Uh, we should have known it by that, by that. The Mack Truck Encounter Conference. And basically what happened on the Friday night, the first uh, meeting, about 200 people, the whole meeting fell over in the spirit. The power of God broke loose and the preacher threw his Bible down and said, well, it looks like the Lord doesn't want me to preach. Who wants to touch a God? And everyone come rushing out and Hands were being laid on people. People were screaming, yelling, rolling, shouting, crying, laughing. And, and we were just there like this, just going, whoa, whoa. Julie and I were just sitting there just going, whoa, okay. But it was Julie's mother who had actually had a touch of God already that actually came swimming to us and, and, and on the floor. She's on the floor. She's totally in the Holy Spirit. And she said, you've got to come in. The river of God, it's flowing. <laughs> we go, oh, this is... This is mind-blowing. This is mind-blowing. And um, went all through that, and we went home back to our little cabin. I said to Jules, let's get out of here quick. Let's pack the kids up, Jilly, Jess, Jamie. Let's, let's pack them up. Let's get out of here. I'll go over to the cabin, and I'll explain to our Baptist family, sorry for inviting you. Let's get out of here. Knocked on their cabin door. I could hear something. Knocked on their cabin door. He opened it just slowly. And, and he looked at me and says, what's the matter? It was about 12 o'clock at night. He said, what's the matter? He said, look, I just, I just sincerely looked into his eyes and I'm saying, uh, please excuse us. Look, we didn't know the meeting was going to end up like that. Look, how about we pack up? We'll go down the road. We'll make a bit of a holiday of it. We'll do a couple of days down the road, make, make the use of the weekend. 
And he says, you kidding? He opens the door and there's his wife rolling back and forth on the bed. She's laughing and crying. And she's just with gay hilarity, just loving this moment. God's got her in this perfect place. There's something you should know about this woman. She was a germaphobic. Her house was like a sterile, her house was actually designed by architects that it could be sterilized. It was walls and floors tiled and everything, everything was uh, to this disposition of this precious woman. Lo and behold, I didn't know, but during that night when she got hit by the power of God, she was out in the toilet block She'd actually got hit again. She fell on the toilet block tile floor and was rolling around. The tap, tap had been leaking and she rolled around in the water, back and forward, the mud, the water. And people are going, this is not, so, and we won't mention her name because she might be visiting shortly. We gave her a tingle the other day. And, uh, and, and, and people said, this is not so-and-so. This can't be so-and-so. Well, they got her up and she's just laughing and totally embriefed. What is it? inebriated, thank you by God and uh, these are not drunk as you suppose, it's only nine in the morning the book of Acts this is, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel, this is that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and, they, and, and he basically said to me, we're not going anywhere he just said, he said we're not going anywhere, no we're, we're gonna, this is the best thing that's ever happened to us I went, whoa, okay shut the door, went back and I said Jules, they're not going anywhere so what do you mean they're not going? Oh no, she's been hit by God. She's, he, he thinks it's the best thing that's ever happened to her. And that was it. 93, we were spoiled for the ordinary. We began to chase God down, seek God. We became God seekers. God chased. We started to go to meetings in Sydney, Newcastle. We, we started to track down where God was moving and we, we went there and we, we chased God down. And, and every meeting we went, people would say, you two stand up. These people, Phil and Julie, stand up. And they prophesy over us and say a whole bunch of destiny stuff over us. See, fate is the cards that are given to you, but destiny is what you do with the cards, amen? And so we had to, Frank Houston, Brian Houston's father, saw us in a meeting. You two stand up, you and the white. Yes, you two stand up. We didn't know who he was talking to. I was hoping it was them, them, them. You know, when you're trying to dodge it, go, them, no, you, no, them, no, you. And um, so you stand up, da 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 la, scripture and more prophecy. And we knew then that we were being called to ministry. Watch, we don't prophesy over you two guys. We were prophesied over to start this magnificent church. We were being called into full time ministry. We're going to have to bring our beautiful children on the front line. This was the most challenging thing that I was facing as a father because I knew ministry already. I knew what ministry was like. People are going to say stuff. People are going to do stuff. People are going to be ugly. But you know what? For the grace of God, go I. We can do this. We can do this. Kids, hang on for the ride of your life. We're going into ministry. We're going to birth a church. We're going to do this. And that's what we did 18 years ago. It's been wild. It's been so amazingly fruitful. So the Bible says, seek, seek, seek God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Can I say that my children are absolutely blessed? We did do hard days financially. And we just focused on the church. Uh, and uh, we, we did it tough. And, um, but you know what? 
the harvest is coming. Phil and Julie are gonna take a couple of weeks at the end of this year for the, for the, for the first time really, really take a holiday. You know when we say we're gonna take a holiday, we're always back early and stuff. This time we're really gonna take a holiday. That's a harvest. The other harvest is, is my daughters are sincerely blessed through the likes of these great men here. It's Jamie's birthday, of course, they're having a great time. But Jamie was explaining some of the stuff that's happening for her at work and she has been exponentially blessed. In fact, I think it's okay to say that in this particular place that she has introduced Jesus culture. The place was bitching, they were talking, the staff, there's 50, 60 staff, they were talking about each other. It was not good. And Jamie hit that head on by saying, you know what, we can do this better. That's her heritage, she's passing it on. You have a heritage, physical and spiritual. Fight for it, believe for it, have faith for it. You do have a prayer life. You do have a rockin' marriage. You do have a job, a better job. You do have babies coming. You do have homes. You do have a great life. You do have holidays. You do have a great life. You do, you do, you do. It's your inheritance and we're gonna fight for it in Jesus' name, amen? Let's all stand, God bless you. enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.